At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke. Presented by Bet Rivers. Happy Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to it. It is time for another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for being with me on this cloudy and rainy Monday afternoon. Well, morning slash afternoon. I'm recording this at about 10:30, but you might be listening in the afternoon. Hopefully, it's it's cleared up a little bit by then. But if not, hope you're staying dry out there, folks. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about on today's episode of the Chicago City Cast. We've got the Cubs taking on the Nationals if the game actually goes through. Good advantage for the Cubbies tonight. I'll tell you why momentarily. The Sox have another off day to begin their week. New series to look forward to at Kansas City against the Royals. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into the AL Central odds, and then we'll move on to some football. Bad news after bad news keeps coming about throughout Bears training camp, especially in their weakest group, arguably, which is a receiving core. So uh, we'll tell you about those injuries, how the Bears can deal with that, what they're going to do, what solutions may be available and then speaking of receivers, we'll look at Darnell Mooney and his receiving props. I think we touched on it maybe a couple months ago, but I wanted to revisit that now with some of these injuries that could absolutely affect things. So all that will be covered on today's episode. By the way, yes, it is clear that I do not have my full voice. Uh, I was off on this past Friday, did not have an episode. Uh, we went up to a buddy's lake house in Krivitz, Wisconsin this past weekend. So, uh, yes, the voice was used plenty, and uh, it's going to be a rough one today here. (laughs) 
Sorry, I'm already cracking up because I can barely get through it if I'm trying to raise it. I can, well, I'm hoping that I can get uh, a little bit of momentum throughout the episode here. And then, of course, and then, of course, tonight on Rush Hour, oh, man, it's going to be a rough one. So, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll want to be sure to tune in there so you can hear my boys crack plenty of times. Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. Should be a good one tonight, folks. We've got Adam Burke joining us to talk about some of his top 20 college football power-rated teams. And we got Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports. Man, Frank is one of actually the best NFL handicappers out there. He covers the league and he he bets it excellently. So uh, looking forward to some of the offseason moves he's made in the betting market and just some overall outlook on some of the some of the teams that are catching his attention. So uh, once again, VEASAN.com or the VEASAN app, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, Marquee Sports Network, Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, or YouTube TV, and iHeartRadio, all available for your listening and viewing purposes. All right, let's kick things off here on Monday's edition of the Chicago City Cast, talking a little bit of Cubs baseball, the Nationals coming into town, the Cubbies. Big favorites here currently at Bet Rivers. I'll get into where I opened it and where Bet Rivers opened it, but might as well tell you where it is at right now because the Cubbies, seldom do we see them in this position, but here they are, a minus $2 favorite at home against the Nationals. That's right, the Cubs are laying $2, the Nationals catching plus 160. Run line for the Cubbies, plus 114. And if you want to take the run in the hook with the Nationals, it's minus 141. Total in this game is a shorter one, 7.5. The over is minus 121. The under is minus 104. Now, some books have creeped this up to 8. And we told you about the weather, right? I mean, it's going to be a crap day. It's raining. It's not the hottest day. It's cloudy. And, well, the wind is blowing in 19 miles per hour from about left center field inward. So that usually adds up to minimal runs. But for the Cubbies, you would think they would have a good opportunity to produce those runs tonight as they're taking on one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball, the Washington Nationals, and one of the worst pitchers as of this point in Anibal Sanchez. The righty has started, I think, yeah, four games for the Nationals this year. And all four games have been a train wreck, to say the least. He has lost all four games. He is 0-4. And not only that, his numbers are atrocious further along. It's not just that his teammates aren't doing well and backing him up. I mean, he's the sole purpose for their struggles while he's on the bump. He's got a 7.65 ERA. You may think, hey, that's exaggerated, right? I mean, we've seen this before, especially in a relatively smaller sample size. Maybe it's just, I don't know. One of those weird things. Well, it's not. Uh, he's got a 702 FIP to go along with that, and then a 501 Sierra. Oh, and his home run to fly ball ratio is at 21%. Yeah, not good. Not good at all. He's walking over four guys per nine innings, and he has a whip of 1.50. Here's kind of the log of the runs that he has surrendered thus far. It's been four earned runs given up, three earned runs given up, then six, and then five. And the one road game he did pitch, he actually only gave up three, and that was at Arizona. But the Cubbies, this is a team that, you know, certainly benefits from hitting at home and against righties at Wrigley Field. Against righties, they have a 726 OPS. 
a 320 weighted on base average, and then a 103 weighted runs created plus. So we know the Cubs numbers do improve at home. But again, the weather's not going to be that great. So it's going to, I don't know, basically it's just going to come down to which pitcher can avoid a complete meltdown, which fielding, which fielders rather, uh, can prevent the errors. And you would think the Cubs give the nod in both of those aspects. Like the Cubs are not a top team, but the Nationals are even worse. That just goes to speak on the Nationals. But furthermore, the Cubs have a pitcher taking the bump tonight who you want to back in this situation for sure. And that's Keegan Thompson. We've talked about him, right? He has been stellar at home. On the road, it's been a different story. That's why we faded him last week against the Cardinals, and he was not good at all. In 4.2 innings pitch, allowed 10 hits and 5 earned runs, and we cashed that because the Cubbies ended up losing. And on the road, he has a 5.09 ERA, a 3.77 WOBA, and a 6.03 FIP. So the numbers are brutal for Thompson on the road. That's why we faded him. But at home, it's a completely different story. He's got a 250 ERA, a 199 Woba, and then a 273 FIP. So Keegan Thompson has been great at Wrigley Field. Overall, his numbers show is 8-5 with a 348 ERA, a 399 FIP, and then a 407 Sierra. And he's got a good whip of 127. He's striking out eight guys per nine innings compared to three walks per nine innings, which is very respectable. And then he's got a home run to fly ball ratio of 9%, so he's under the 10% spot, which is good. That's what you want to see. So again, Keegan Thompson, a reliable guy at home. And also, no one on the Nationals has really faced Keegan Thompson. And even though he's coming off a rough start at St. Louis, his last home start was versus Pittsburgh, a team that is better than Washington. And in that game, he went seven innings, allowed four hits, and no earned runs. But there is some interesting numbers to look at for Washington. Now, overall versus righties, their numbers are pretty horrid. 691 open. Eh, let me rephrase that. They're not horrid, but the Nationals are horrid. The numbers are just, eh, nothing special. Overall versus righties, they got a 691 OPS, a 305 WOBA, and then a 93 WRC+. So not the best, okay? But what'd you expect? But then it gets interesting when you look at the split. All right, well, on the road versus righties, their numbers increase a pretty decent amount. They go from a 691 OPS to a 710 OPS, a 305 weighted on base average to a 314 weighted on base average. And then their weighted runs created plus goes from 93 to 101. It's not that Nationals Park is the worst hitters park. Like, it's fine, but I don't know. Maybe they just take advantage from playing the Phillies a lot. The Marlins don't have the best hitters park. The Mets, it's fine. Braves, meh, it's okay. So that's interesting. But again, the wind is blowing in. Crappier day. You're going against a pitcher who thrives at Wrigley. I wouldn't think too much about it. Just wanted to throw that out there, though. Uh, Bullpens, fairly similar. Slight advantage to the Cubs with a 406 ERA. Washington has a 428 ERA. Both have a whip of 132. So when you hear all of that, As we know, the Cubs are a big favorite. But just because right now they're laying $2 doesn't mean that's where I opened them, doesn't mean that's where Bet Rivers opened them. 
And when I made my line, obviously I make it before looking at where they are. But I made the Cubs minus 165, and I put the Nationals plus 145. And the reason I did this, even though the Cubs have the big advantages here, maybe not big, but sizable advantages with the starting pitching and just playing at home and just how bad the Nationals have been doing, and the Cubs just took two out of three versus the Marlins at home, and the Nationals have lost their last five consecutive games. I didn't make them that big of a favorite because it's still a couple of bottom teams in the league. Like, anything can happen. And, yeah, Thompson has been a lot better at home, but he is coming off a rough start. How does he bounce back from that? How is he going to pitch in potentially crappy weather? Is Anibal Sanchez due for a decent start? What's the Cubs lineup going to look like? Like, there's just a lot of variables that make me not want to be vulnerable to making the Cubs a huge favorite. And minus 165 is a very big favorite, let's be honest. But folks, Bet Rivers opened the Cubs at minus 196, and then the Nationals at plus 165. So I was about 30 cents off on the Cubbies, 20 cents off on the Nats. It is what it is. I, if you could get the Cubs at about minus 165, I'd be more enticed to look at a more of a value type of run play, right? Because right now you're getting plus 114, which is fine, but if they were cheaper, you'd probably get them like plus 130 or plus 125. And the reason that, I mean, again, if you like the Cubs, you don't want to lay $2. I don't hate going with the run line at plus 114, but it's also the fact that we know the totals at seven and a half. Fewer runs are expected. Bad weather, which means the chance of the Cubs winning by more than one run slightly decreases, you would think. Or maybe the Cubs take advantage in crappy weather and the Nationals just look even more sloppy. Who knows? Who knows? But speaking of that total, I opened it at 8. Bet Rivers opened at 7.5. Some books have creeped up, like we said, to 8. And by the way, the juice is on the over 7.5 at Bet Rivers at minus 121. The reason I made it a little bit higher is because you can't make it seven and a half with the numbers that Sanchez has. You, you really can't. I, the weather is going to be the weather, and I'm not saying I'm betting it, but like seven and a half is just a little too low for how bad Sanchez and the Nationals have been. And maybe Thompson gets roughed up a little bit. I doubt it in comparison to how roughed up Sanchez presumably gets, but it's a possibility. So I made it eight. I'm not touching it, but that's where I would have that. Eight's where my unknown total is, right? It's always at that number. If you get to eight and a half, yeah, I think it's going to be very good chance to get to nine because seldom do I make it right at nine. And look, if I'm making it seven and a half, man, you better have two stellar pitchers on the bump. You don't have that here. You just have crap weather and not the best offenses in baseball, but decent in this particular split so who knows who knows but yeah I would look toward the Cubbies um if you're if you're not worried about the lack of runs potentially then yes the run line plus 114 would catch my attention if you want to put the Cubs minus one for security it's minus 137 it's a little bit too expensive uh I would also look at the Lead after first five innings or like first five run line minus a half, except again, the Cubs, 
pretty big favorite here, minus 132. I'm talking big in terms of what you usually get for lead after five innings. But that's just showing you how much lack of trust the books have in Sanchez. And again, rightfully so. We've seen it four times now. And we have seen Keegan Thompson perform very well at home. So these numbers all add up. It makes sense. It's not surprising. To the point where it's like, do I even want to bet it to try to win on it? Because, well, I think the numbers are set appropriately or too expensive. So... I'm not jumping the gun to bet this game right now. But if I were to, yes, I would be all over the Cubs in this game. Absolutely. Let's see what Keegan Thompson's strikeout prop is at. Four and a half. Interesting. He only got one strikeout the last game at St. Louis, but his last home start versus Pittsburgh, he racked up seven. Then he had one at home versus the Mets. Eight on the road against the Dodgers. Three at home versus Boston. Eight at home versus Cincinnati. Seven on the road against Pittsburgh. You see the theme here? Against the crap teams, he's getting over it. Hmm. Plus money to the over. I think I'd only bet the over. But at the same time, with a rainy day and night, how does that make you contemplate betting it? I don't think you get an extra boost from uh, maybe a slippery ball, right? You lose control if you're a pitcher and don't have that dominance with your momentum with your movement right you're not in control and in command as much and then he may lose the target and may be walking some guys he may get taken out early all of these other things could be a factor so maybe this isn't the best night to get involved with it because of the weather right he's a young pitcher still he's got to adjust but it is the Nationals, so you get a little bit of both sides. I'm not going to touch it. Again, I'm just offering you different perspectives on these bets and reasons why maybe you should or shouldn't bet it. But, yeah, I would probably stay away from it because of the wet balls if that's going to be a case. Um, but, yeah, all over the Cubbies, if anything. That's the only way I'd approach it. But the price is a little bit, a little bit too much for me. If I get a little bit better price on the run line, like plus 120, then I think I may jump in on the Cubbies by the time we get the rush hour. But make sure you tune in then to find out, folks. All right, off day for the White Sox, like we said, but they begin a road trip at Kansas City tomorrow. They got a doubleheader, right? So they got two tomorrow against Kansas City. The rest of the division looking like the Guardians at Detroit this week and the Twins in a very tough spot at the Los Angeles Dodgers. Is this the time? <laughs> I'm say, I mean, we say it every time we talk about the division, but let me rephrase it this way. I was going to say, is this the time to like, you know, bet the White Sox or the Guardians? For the Guardians, yeah, it probably is. They're plus 285. Sox are plus 130, by the way, and the Twins are plus 125. What I more so should say is, is this the time that the Twins finally fall out of first place? I think the Guardians probably end up in first place by Wednesday if they do what they're supposed to do, and if we expect what should happen on paper to happen to the Twins at Los Angeles against the Dodgers. You'd like to think the White Sox could get in that spot too. However, they struggle with Kansas City, and they just struggle against mediocre teams in general because they're the most frustrating team of all time. But you already know this. Plus 130, though. Man, I've been going against the Guardians this whole year. I've been saying, nah, they'll eventually falter. Their offense isn't going to cut it. 
Much like the Twins, I thought they would falter, but in regards to their pitching. And then the White Sox, you just figured they would make it uncomfortable but find a way to figure it out. And I still believe that's going to be the case. But at plus 285 for Cleveland, are you kidding me? They're only a game back. And they're at Detroit. And the Twins are inevitably going to lose that series against the Dodgers, you'd figure. I'm just saying, if that happens in a couple games later, the Guardians win their next two, the Twins lose their next two, like, this price is clearly not going to be plus 285. Look, you could also find yourself in a scenario, and it's not the best scenario. I'm not necessarily recommending it. I'm just throwing it out there. You could bet the Sox and Guardians simultaneously. Plus 130 for the Sox, Guardians plus 285, and do your shopping, too. If you find a better number at a better book, do that. But, I mean, maybe you're invested in one team versus the other. You could hedge off a little bit if you really don't think the Twins are going to win. I thought it was going to end up Sox, Twins, Guardians. And it absolutely still could. But the Twins are slowly falling. The Guardians are hanging on there just like the Sox are. But after this week, could we have a new team on top of the AL Central? I think so. I absolutely think so. Doesn't mean it can't go back and forth, but if you're looking from a pure value standpoint, if you think about it, the Guardians at plus 285 right now is kind of appalling in itself, but it's not only because of this series that the numbers will move in this hypothetical scenario, right, that they do well at Detroit and the Twins slack at Los Angeles against the Dodgers. It's more so like if you wait longer, the shorter amount of time we have left in the regular season, meaning the less likely amount of volatility in the division and less value you are going to get the longer you wait. So my point is, again, whether it's with the White Sox, whether it's with the Guardians because they're not in first, you should probably look to jump in sooner rather than later. Maybe not the White Sox because I honestly don't have that much confidence in them at Kansas City. I I just don't. Like, yes, I again, it's it's like I'm contradicting myself because I think the White Sox end up on top, but I'm not in love with the idea of running to bet them right now because maybe you can't get better value with the White Sox if they maybe split their series with Kansas City. The Twins don't do that well. The Guardians do well. Then, well, Guardians' odds will decrease. The Sox, you maybe get a little bit better value, and you'll definitely get better value on the Twins. So yeah, it's man, this one's going to come down to the wire. At some point is it worth considering the Guardians though if they're giving us over 2 to 1 and I mean plus 285 at that. They're just a game back. They won't go away. Wow. I I got to think about that. I don't think I'm going to. But if I'm looking at it from that perspective of hey, I have not bet anything in this division yet, what do you do? What's the move here? They got Detroit, 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 Detroit. Then they get three games against Chicago at home. Two at San Diego, four at Seattle, three versus Baltimore, three versus Seattle. Obviously it goes on and on, but yeah, the Guardians don't have the toughest schedule. I mean, there are some tricky spots, but it's not terrible. Wow, they got five games in a row versus the Twins. That's going to be a huge series. Let's look at the Twins schedule really quick. Um, Twins got a tough schedule here. Jeez, 
yeah, they're not winning this division. Two games at Los Angeles Dodgers, three games at the Angels. Then you get Kansas City and Texas at home. It's not terrible, but then you're at Houston versus San Francisco versus Boston at Chicago White Sox at New York Yankees versus Cleveland versus Kansas City at Cleveland at Kansas City versus the Angels versus Sox at Detroit at Chicago White Sox. I mean, that stretch with the Yankees and you got the Astros again. The Giants will be tough. The Red Sox will still be tough. A lot against the Guardians. Those two teams, I mean, the White Sox are involved too, don't get me wrong, but it seems like Cleveland and Minnesota are going to end up beating up on each other more so than the Sox with one of those teams. The Sox are getting a lot with Kansas City. So if they can beat each other up enough and the Sox just make sure they can at least win those series against both of those teams, it's Billy Ball game. But you can't really rely on the White Sox to do that because how could you? They haven't done that. I mean, look, yeah, they've won their past couple of series. You needed to do better against the Rangers. You didn't do it. It's disappointing. But now figure some things out against Kansas City. I don't trust them to do it. Hell no. But they need to. They got to. It's a must. You're in August now. It's go time. There's no more, all right, well, guys are coming back. It's no more, all right, yeah, yeah, they still got, no. August is the month you go. And I get September's that final stretch, but August gears you up into it. This is where you have to capture the momentum. Lance Lynn, huge start for him in game one of the doubleheader tomorrow. Buddy. Pitch like the guy you were brought over to pitch like. Pitch like the guy that you were last year. You're going against Brady Singer allegedly. I say allegedly because the Royals last time screwed us on Singer as their starter. And Singer's been good, folks. Singer has been solid. And the Royals just took three out of freaking four versus the Red Sox. The Red Sox are in a little bit of a weird state right now, but still. That's going to be a blast to see what ends up happening. Man, but there's value to be had in the Central. Where can you find it? Might be with Cleveland. All right, is there any value, though, on the gridiron with the Bears receiving core? Well, not with the injuries we've seen as of late, but does that give a boost to Darnell Mooney and his receiving props that are being offered? Let's talk about that next as we wrap up Monday edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every single Tuesday during the entire regular season. You can use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All righty, let's get back into it, folks. Part two of the Chicago City Cast on this gloomy Monday afternoon. We were talking plenty of baseball to kick things off. And hey, by the way, calling all baseball fans. This week, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for same game parlay bets 
and bets on all professional baseball games. Create your ideal same-game parlay of over three legs and receive up to three 50% profit boosts. That's right. Get a 50% profit boost when you place qualifying same-game parlay wagers this week only. So head over to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers Sportsbook app for more details. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All righty, let's get into it with a little bit of football here as we wrap up this episode. We have, uh, well, not the best news out of Bears training camp. We already uh, were, <laughs> as Bears fans, not the most optimistic with this receiving core heading into the season. And I know I've hyped them up in the sense of, them adding more pieces than really what were present last year. And I still believe that's true, but it doesn't mean it's going to be like the top receiving core in the league. I just think that it's going to take a step forward. But they did take a step backward, it seems. And Keel Harry, suffering an injury. Uh, looks like he landed on his ankle severely and could barely put any weight on it. I think that was on Friday, Saturday. But yeah, uh, not good. He had some... Some excitement around the kid. Well, Bears fans did at least. I mean, look, this was a first-round pick. A new setting could be awesome for him. But, yeah, it appeared to be a severe ankle injury. Oh, this was Saturday's training camp practice, by the way. So he went down on the first play of team drills when a screen pass went his direction. Appeared to have his ankle rolled up when linebacker Nicholas Morrow tackled him. Could not bear any weight on his left ankle. Had to be helped off the field by a trainer and a teammate. So we haven't seen anything official on that since that point, at least I haven't, but it's another receiver who is dealing with an injury. Byron Pringle has his quad injury with no timetable for a return. That sucks. And then Bellis Jones Jr., whose injury is considered day-to-day, missed the second straight practice on Sunday. I'm sure he'll be fine. But, I mean, man, by all indications, uh, not good news for Keel Harry. Not good news for the Bears, not good news for Justin Fields, not good news for Luke Getze. The Byron Pringle injury himself really stinks because that's a great, deep, speedy threat. So who's going to be ready by game one versus the 49ers? I don't know. Do you try to sign somebody now? you think they'll be okay in time? Ryan Poles has some decisions to make. But then again, that's the brutality of football and training camp. And every time you hear news in August, it's no bueno. Never good. And nothing good in terms of the receivers has seemed to come out of Bears training camp, just injury after injury after injury. You are hearing a lot of positive things about the team in general. Teammates coming in early, bonding differences in the coaching style, organization, all of the good things that you want to hear and typically are going to hear within a new coaching regime. That's great. But what does this mean now for the Bears if Keel Harry can't go, if Byron Pringle's going to be banged up? I'm, again, sure Vellis Jones Jr., knock on wood, is going to be fine, but you never know. Well, your WR1, Darnell Mooney, is going to have to take a lot more of the workload even than what was already expected, even than what he did last year. 
And if you remember last year, Darnell Mooney really emerged as the Bears wide receiver one. He accumulated 1,055 receiving yards on 81 catches, was targeted 140 times, top 10 in target share and targets, and he got four touchdowns. We're expecting him to take at least a big enough step forward after what we saw last year. That's only human for him to at least do the same, if not better. You get more time for fields, more familiarity. They're working together. New offense, better play calling, better offensive line, more comfort for your quarterback throwing it to you. All those good things. More receivers to help spread it out. So maybe you're not locked in or honed in on as much, knowing that you have to be that top dog and there's not that much talent around you. That was hoping, or that was expected to be different this year. Not if some of those guys are injured. But at the same time, if they're injured, does that open up the door even more so for Mooney, right? How do you kind of factor that in there? I mean, they're going to plug and play some other receiver, you know, instead of Inkeel Harry, instead of Byron Pringle. And, you know, the Inkeel Harry news stinks because you're excited that he could turn things around and maybe he still can, right? Uh, but again, he hasn't shown anything that spectacular in his short stint in the National Football League thus far. Byron Pringle, on the other hand, I think that one is a huge miss because of the elusiveness and just speed that guy has. That's a big miss if he can't go. Again, the question is, what does this mean for Darnell Mooney? Total receiving yards. 950.5 is where it's posted at Bet Rivers. Over under minus 114 each way. Again, last year, 1,055, worse offense, quarterbacks all over the place. There's so many bad situations. And now, now you get a more favorable schedule, presumably. So better opportunities to take advantage of these lackluster defenses. Do you go over, assuming Mooney can get around near or over 1,000 yards? The number is 950 and a half. Look, if Justin Fields and Mooney are really developing this relationship, if Fields is really going to get more time and protection and just normal, at least competent play calling, yeah, I would only bet over on Mooney. They didn't bring in a big-name guy to say, no, 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 I'm wide receiver one. No, like the way it's constructed now, even if everyone's healthy, it's Mooney and then the rest of the crew, right? It's got to be. He knows it. We're all assuming it. We're expecting it. Will it come to fruition? I'm not saying I have bet it, but if I were to, yeah, I'd go over 950 and a half yards. And maybe the injuries, again, early on give him more looks than usual. Because if it's widespread with the availability of Harry, with the availability of a healthy, speedy Pringle, well, then maybe Fields would look in other directions more so. Not if they're banged up. That opens up the door for Darnell Mooney even more so. So I'm just saying, if you've been thinking about it, maybe now's a decent time to go over 950 and a half. Even if they were healthy, again, yeah, I'd still consider going over. The fact that he was able to get over 1,000 last year with all the adversity, nonsense, BS, whatever you want to call it, that's impressive in itself. Things should get better. So should his receiving yards. What about his total receiving touchdowns? Last year, he got four. Four and a half is the number. The prop at Bet Rivers, over minus 121, under minus 108. 
This one, I don't know if I'm as eager to bet the over with. Yeah, with your receiver, you're just going to want to bet it. You're like, four, that's so little. You got four last year, he's for sure going to go over. That correlates with him getting more shares and receiving yards. Yes and no. Just because he's a threat throughout the gridiron doesn't mean he's a red zone threat. Just because he's getting a lot of shares leading up into the red zone doesn't mean he's a top dog there. Fields could sneak it in a lot. Fields could hand the ball off to Montgomery or Herbert. Cole Komet could finally emerge as that tight end red zone threat, which they need him to do. They've been saying he has to do, and I'm expecting he will do. Maybe Vellis Jones Jr. will be a big body he could use there or whoever else you want to use in that capacity. I'm just saying, even though he may have your leading targets, catches, yards, doesn't correlate to a lot of receiving touchdowns. So I'd be a little bit cautious with this. I really am just undecided on it. Again, the odds are telling you the favorite should be the over, and I get why. But I think there's a lot of unknown with how the red zone attack is going to look thus leading me to not having enough conviction to wanting to bet the total receiving touchdowns with Darnell Mooney. Now with Montgomery, which we could spend a little bit more time on tomorrow, you kind of get a better idea with the running game. You're at least going to get one run down there in the red zone more often than not, so he gets better opportunities, and he can get involved in the passing game too. So there's a dual threat opportunity for a guy like David Montgomery. But like I said, we'll talk about that more tomorrow. But that stinks to hear this out of Bears training camp. But from a betting perspective, for taking our Bears cap off, looking at it from an objective side of things, is this an opportunity to expect even more so out of Mooney? To bet his receiving yards over? I guess we won't know until the injury news officially comes out or until we get to week one against the 49ers. But ma'am, it'd be hard to imagine Mooney staying under it. I mean, in terms of necessity, at least. But, yeah, I mean, I even I like what I'm hearing. You know, you're hearing Fields and Mooney are getting to be buddy-buddy, working together a lot this offseason. That's what your quarterback and wide receiver one should be doing. Will that relationship be heightened? 9.50 and a half at com. Check it out, folks. All right. That's going to do it for another edition of the Chicago City Cast. My voice is about to just absolutely disappear. I'm sorry you had to suffer through it. Believe me, I was suffering myself, and I'm going to suffer tonight, and I'm sure you'll enjoy that clown show. <laughs> me trying to prevent my voice from cracking. If you want to be entertained tonight, check out Rush Hour, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, or YouTube TV, and, of course, the Marquee Sports Network. You can always listen to it on iHeartRadio, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Adam Burke hopping on, Frank Schwab hopping on, plenty of baseball, more college football, at Danny Burke 5. I always tweet out the link. Thank you for tuning in. Best of luck with whatever you play. We'll chat again tomorrow, folks.